Hello and welcome to the Trainer Tools podcast. In this month's podcast, I'm speaking to Samantha Mathis about storytelling. She uses storytelling a lot in training to communicate ideas in an engaging and memorable way. But also she uses storytelling as an activity in itself as part of team building events, which which works really well. I've actually been on the receiving end of this, uh, one of Sam's team building events, and I can swear by it, it does work well. I'm here with Sam Mathis. Hi, Sam. How are you? Good. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me here today. Oh, you're welcome. And what did you want to talk about today? Well, I thought I'd talk about storytelling and what a powerful tool it is for trainers. Okay. And how would you like to structure that? Well, to begin with, I thought I would tell you a little story and then I will, we will talk about why do we tell stories, where can we draw stories from, how are stories an effective way of communicating information? Um, what makes a good story? And talking about the, the structure involved in that. And then really just finishing up by when can we use stories in our work as trainers and how to really put that together for a training session. So you said you were going to start there with a story. Yes. So do you want to kick off with that? I will. So this story is actually taken from businessballs.com, which has lots of really good stories you can use as trainers um, to support or highlight um, any particular points you want to draw out in any sessions. A highly successful human resources manager was tragically knocked down by a bus and killed. Her soul arrived at the pearly gates where St. Peter welcomed her. Before you get settled in, he said, we have a little problem. You see, we've never had a human resources manager make it this far before, and we're not really sure what to do with you. Oh, I see, said the woman. Can't you just let me in? Well, I'd like to, said St. Peter, but I have higher orders. We're instructed to let you have a day in hell and a day in heaven, and then you have to choose where you'd like to go for all eternity. Actually, I think I'd prefer heaven, said the woman. Sorry, we have rules, at which St. Peter put the HR manager into the downward bound elevator. As the doors opened in hell, she stepped out onto a beautiful golf course. In the distance was a country club. Around her were many friends, past fellow executives, all smartly dressed, happy, cheering for her. They ran up and kissed her on both cheeks, and they talked about old times. They played a perfect round of golf, afterwards went to the country club where she enjoyed a superb steak and lobster dinner. She met the devil, who actually was rather nice. And she had a wonderful night telling jokes and dancing. Before she knew it, it was time to leave. Everyone shook her hand and waved goodbye as she stepped into the elevator. It went back up to heaven where St. Peter was waiting for her. Now it's time to spend a day in heaven, he said. So she spent the next 24 hours lounging around on clouds, playing the harp and singing, which was almost as enjoyable as a day in hell. At the day's end, St. Peter returned. So, he said, you spent a day in hell and you spent a day in heaven. You must choose between the two now. The woman thought for a second and replied, Well, heaven is certainly lovely, but I actually had a better time in hell. I choose hell. Accordingly, St. Peter took her to the elevator again and she went back down to hell. When the doors of the elevator opened, she found herself standing in a desolate wasteland, 
covered in garbage and filth. She saw her friends dressed in rags, picking up rubbish, putting it in old sacks. The devil approached her and put his arm around her. I don't understand, stuttered the HR manager. Yesterday I was here, and there was a golf course and a country club, and we ate lobster, and we danced and had a wonderful time. Now it's all just a dirty wasteland of garbage, and all my friends look miserable. The devil looked at her and smiled. Yesterday we were recruiting you. Today you're staff. So obviously that story is fictional. <laughs> The um, uh, we previously talked about stories on this podcast and um, with Larry Reynolds, and he was talking about stories that had to be true. So obviously, the kind of stories you're talking about is a very different type of story. Yes, it's so. I mean, there's many di different reasons why we tell stories. So some of the reasons we tell stories to evoke discussion, explore themes, encourage people, engage people. It also provides a structure, it can help energize, it can entertain, promote discussion, establish skills, a theme, highlight issues. You can use it to evaluate, share what's going on, communicate, celebrate. It can deliver a moral message, it can help deliver impact, success, um, and just deliver any type of message and also build rapport. And interestingly, in um, a recent training and development article from um, February 2015, there was an article about story time, and it talks about Noel M. Tisch's book, The Leadership Engine, which uh, focuses primarily on the fact that the best leaders teach through stories or teachable leadership experiences. And according to this book, winning leaders personalize their vision and ideas by telling stories that touch people's minds and intellects. And that's how they drive their messages home with words and actions that engage and excite their followers. That's certainly something you hear about a lot in politics, isn't it? When they, they talk about the great leaders are people that are that have a personal story or they're able to talk about, well, as you said then, that you, their vision is a story. And that's a very, a very, well, one, I suppose, a very easy way to remember it and therefore a good communication, but it is a, very engaging. It is, because what is it you want people to walk away and remember? And we can draw stories from lots of different areas, whether it's personal stories, whether it's work-related, whether it's something from the media, politics, a book, the Internet. You know, we can draw stories from lots of different areas. And the one that you, you that story you just read then, you said you got from businessballs.com? Correct, yes. And there are there's a huge list of stories that you can choose from to match your theme so you don't have to you know, it's all out there for you. And there's lots of other sites that do something similar as well. Well certainly the idea of people playing golf in hell, that certainly fits my idea of hell. Is that where you're going, John? It's uh, <laughs> not if they're not if they're playing golf there it isn't. <laughs> but stories as well are an, you know, a really good way just to communicate information. Yeah, I mean, it's usually the way that we do communicate anyway, as people, isn't it? We do tend to tell each other stories about what happened. Um, we, tell our, we tell our day in a kind of narrative form. We do. And, you know, storytelling is basically an ageless transfer of information in narrative form. And the whole point of it really is it can help you just cut through the clutter of distracting details and really get to the heart of what you're trying to say. You know, we're constantly trying to 
strive for better outcomes despite pressures, resource challenges, juggling different workloads. And sometimes we just got to try different approaches and sometimes reports just don't cut it. So, for example, if someone was to say that X project has improved a country's business environment and rule of law, would you remember that? No, it is a bit kind of flat, isn't it? Yeah. So if you can have something that you can relate to, where you can particularly have an emotional reaction and personally relate to the impact, and it can be put in context. So, for example, if I was to say that someone was able to set up successful trade with the UK and we safeguarded UK national interests or we confronted sexual violence and conflict. And if I really put that into a a story format, chances are that you probably remember that. Yeah, that could be quite dramatic as well, couldn't it? It is. Yeah, it would be quite memorable. So it's really, how do you bridge different learning styles and really find that hook that's going to get people to listen to what you have to say? And storytelling is just a really great way to do that. So you gave us an example of a story there, the moral of which is that golf belongs in hell. I've understood (laughs) the moral correctly, haven't I? Absolutely, John. (laughs) And and, uh, and you've gone through there quite a lot of good reasons why we would use stories and why we would add them to our training, as you said then, about um, adding into learning styles as, as well. It appeals to different people. So I think next you're going to talk about what makes a good story. Yes, that's right. So some key points are tell one story at a time with one point. Um, You can't tell your audience about every activity you've done all at once. It can be too much information and it can be boring as well. So what is your key takeaway? What do you want? Just have one key message, one key moral of the story. Yes. And quite often we hide behind data and you know sometimes it's easier to talk about statistics than to talk about people who have lives and dreams but often statistics are only compelling if you can add a human element to it so sometimes our work can't speak for itself so we have to be the voice and tell the story so share personal information about lives and people paint a picture so your audience can see taste smell feel the struggles so appeal to the senses have that emotional connection. Then be concise. So don't really just ramble on. Um, Don't spend too much time on the background. Yes, it's important to have the context, but you need to have more detail about your approach because that's really where you're going to get the buy-in. So you talked about having, um, having just one message, using the story to kind of give a very visual and full, you know, auditory I think you said paint a picture, yes. smell, etc., and then also be concise. Yeah, so take out the information that's really not important. Right, not too much data, not too much background, just focus on the key points. Yes, and what's the purpose for telling the story? You know, what is the moral or the takeaway or the call to action, whatever it is at the end, you should be able to answer the question, so what? So it has to have that so what point, what we're going to do with this. Yes, how, well, how is this going to make me feel at the end so I can go away and feel engaged and think, yes, I'm going to do this or I'm going to think about this or this is what I'll be doing next. And also know your audience. 
as you know any good trainer knows it's uh, you have to adjust your story based on who you're telling your story to so whatever you may start out doing you might end up changing and you know as all good trainers know that's you know stand thinking on your feet and um, seeing who's in front of you and adapting as you go along so when you actually come to writing a story you have to bear in mind all these factors that you've just talked about what else is there? I mean obviously there's things like the actual narrative itself yes there's, ele there's elements like characters there's exactly um... so with that in mind so think about questions such as um, and I'll go on to the structure in a minute but just think about these questions first before you sort of think about your structure who's the main character where when does the story take place what is the character or characters trying to achieve? What is the major challenge or issue that they're facing? How does that character or characters figure out how to solve that problem or issue? Is there an aha moment? And how does your work come into this if it does? And then what happens after the character solves any problem or issue? Is there a broader impact? What is the moral? What is the purpose? So just some key questions to think about, but I'll talk a little bit more in detail now about the story structure. Okay, so those questions are just there to help you think through what the, well, as you said, the character, the, the main challenge, the main lesson of the story, just to help you think through those. Yes, correct. Because that, that point about the challenge, that's come up before as well, and I think that is one of the key aspects, isn't it? It's not just um, stuff happened. There has to be some kind of challenge that the that the protagonist overcomes. Yes, and that's all part of the details, and that's the main part of the story. So I'll talk a little bit more about that um, shortly. But I'll just clarify that all stories should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. I know that sounds simple, but it's almost yeah. like a story arc, if you can visualize that. So you start at the bottom, left hand of the arc, this is the beginning. This is where you set the scene, engage the audience by connecting them to the people in your story, but keep it short. And then you progress up the arc to the middle, where you introduce any issues or conflict in your characters' lives. And this is where you describe that challenge in more detail by explaining how that's impacting the person, um, what they may have done in the past to help resolve this. But it's also we introduce, you know, any work into this or any key other key themes and let your audience know that others are also facing this same challenge. And then you continue up the arc to the climax where it marks the end of the middle where the hero or project or whoever, whatever the stories are based around solves that issue or challenge. And it's that aha moment just before you then continue down the arc to the end where you explain what happens at the end but you can tie into larger impact use any data there as well so it's people have that okay i understand now what's that so what so that's the story arc so you have the story arc with the in, in its broadest terms is beginning middle and end but exactly. it's actually a, a building of the tension as you as you lay the challenge as you get to know the character and get to know the impact of that challenge and then the tension's released as the challenge is overcome somehow, leading yeah. to the leading to the sort of moral and as you said, the so what at the end. So what do we do with this? How where do we go with this? Yes. 
So if you think back to the story at the beginning, they had the characters at the beginning and going up to see St. Peter. So introducing the characters, the context. In the middle is where they're experiencing hell and heaven. They get to the aha moment where they think, yes, I've made a decision. And then the conclusion is it's not what they thought it was. Yeah, and then the so what to take away from that presumably would be for people that are recruiting for organisations would be um, potentially misleading candidates or, or overselling their organisations. Yes, so be honest because you have to put up with what's to come afterwards. So that's the story arc. So let's drill down into a bit more detail on that. Okay, so a good story is more complicated than just a beginning, middle and end, of course. So to do all these three things well... All stories should have what we call the five C's. So these okay. are characters. That's the, let the letter C. Yes. So these are characters, context, challenge, climax, conclusion. So starting with characters. So every story needs heroes, villains, or at least people that an audience can relate to and connect to. Because the characters are really the people that drive the story forward and add a human element. Right, yeah. So in your example, it was the, it was the person going from heaven to hell, the, the HR director, weren't they? Yes. So you have the, the HR person and you also have St. Peter. And the devil, he cropped and up. And the well. devil was in there. Briefly. Yeah, and he wasn't that bad, was he? No, he was a jolly nice guy. He was all right. He was all right. <laughs> so we shouldn't be too worried. Yeah. <laughs> Comforting story. <laughs> Definitely. And then the context. So the, this is the background information and a setting. Um, and as I said before, shouldn't take up the majority of the story. Um, but you can set it in a time and a place. It doesn't have to be a date or a year, but just a time frame so people know when this is taking place, really. So in the, in the, in, again, go, we're going back to that example, the context was obviously the sort of post-death meeting at the pearly gates yes and go the going up in the elevator so you can picture that right okay yeah and then we go into the challenge so the main part of the story so the challenge that a character is facing or an issue and in order to best draw an audience in you need to build up the challenge slowly highlighting any conflict or tension building up those issues and really help your audience understand why this is a problem and the impact it is having. And if have your characters tried to solve this before, did it work out? Why not? Um, and it just understands, helps people understand how difficult a situation it could be, or a good situation. You know, it doesn't have to be an issue. It could be how good it is as well. So, what is it that helps an audience understand what your characters are facing? And that's the kind of the main core of the well the point of the story isn't it it sort of hinges on the challenge yes so in our human resources story it was this choice between heaven and hell and the description of what happened in both of those places was really um that challenge for the human resources manager yeah and that has to be central to the point that has to really link into the whole idea of what you're trying to the point you're trying to make you can't just sort of like bolt a challenge on the side of a different story. Absolutely. And then and then you get to the climax, the aha moment, when you get to reveal the solution. So which did she choose? Was it 
heaven or hell. And you can use keywords to help an audience know when you've reached the climax of that story. Can you give an example of that? Yes. Yeah, so in this one, um, the human resources story, the woman thought for a second and replied, well, heaven is certainly lovely, but I actually had a better time in how I choose hell. So that's the aha moment is actually they were both okay, but you understand her decision and then you think, okay, she's made a decision. This is it. So that is that aha moment. She preferred how because she had a much better time. Or so right, she thought. So the, the, the decision is, is, is the, the release of the tension or the end of the conflict. Yes, because we know, because you think, because in your mind, heaven and hell conjures up two different pictures, no matter what the story says in your own mind, you're still curious because you think, well, is hell really like that? Is she really going to choose it? Yeah, I mean, you you know, yeah, you want to find out why hell is really like, it's being presented in that way, because it doesn't fit with our cultural understanding. Yes, and we all bring our own biases to every situation that we face. So you may be sat listening, thinking, "No, don't choose hell. It's all because it, you know it's always supposed. To, it's always been portrayed as a bad place." Yeah, I think the tension is more. I mean, like you kind of know she's going to choose hell because the way the story is presented, the 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 kind of um, the surprise or the twist in it is why is hell being presented that way? What's the catch? Yes. Is it really like that? So you want to listen and hear some more, because even though you can maybe understand her decision, she chose how, because she had a better time, but exactly. So this is where it gets on to the conclusion, then the fifth C, and it's don't leave us hanging. So tell us what happens to these people after they have made a decision or solved the problem or the issue. And it ha- in your note in the arc, it happens very quickly because you don't really want to dwell too much on the ending. So if you noticed from the story I told, it did. You know, there wasn't a lot of detail around the conclusion, the ending. It's just the HR manager saying, "I don't, I don't understand." Yesterday I was here and it was all fabulous, and then today it's just a dirty wasteland. And then it's just that one sentence: "The devil looked at her and smiled." Yesterday we were recruiting you. Today your star. Yeah, so it's a very simple conclusion, isn't it? Yes, but you get the you get the moral behind it. It's like, oh, right, I get it. That's the catch. Yeah, it all slots into place at that point. Definitely. Yeah, you don't need any more after that. No, and you just go away. I mean, how did you feel at the end of that story? What what reaction did you have? And you can relate it back to your organisation, can't you? Yes. In what way are we not living up to our, our recruitment hype? Yes, do you go away with a little wry smile on your face or or are you appalled, aghast or just find it funny? You know, it's people will have very different reactions to that ending. That's a really interesting point, actually, because you wouldn't have the same reaction if you just said, um, here's a job ad, here's the reality, what do you think? I suppose the fact that it's told in a narrative and also a kind of um, an obviously fictional narrative, you know, it's not, you're not telling the story of somebody who turns up to work and is disappointed, you're telling it in a very fictional way. And therefore, it kind of allows you to have quite an emotional response to it. Yes, but I also think you can relate to it as well, because we've all been in positions where we've been hired and recruited. You know, most people in some form will have 
had that experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's very relatable. The actual moral of it is actually very, um, very easy to relate to. But as a, the way the story is told does 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 allow for that emotional response. Yeah, definitely. So they were the five C's, ending there with conclusion, and they were um, character, uh, context, challenge, climax, and conclusion. I was going to try and get all five there. I nearly got it. <laughs> so they were the five C's, which is kind of the much more detailed the way the story has to be structured. So where do we go next? So next is really to talk, explore about when you might use stories, you know, in your own work and as a trainer as well. And what I've done in the past is um, is introduce this to, in particular, to different teams, and then given them some an activity afterwards where they then have to choose. They have to select and develop their own story as a team, as a group, with any resources that they can find, but basing it on the the arc and the five C's and the detail needed, and then give them time to go away and explore that, and what story do they want to come back and tell you about. And you can have a judging panel, if you so um, desire, to look at the you know the impact, the structure, the characters, the context, the challenge, the climax, the conclusion, the emotional con- connection, the purpose. So if you wanted to, in an organisation, particularly if you've got a department maybe where some of the teams don't particularly know what the others are doing, or even within an organisation, it's like. Well, I don't know what they do in human resources. They all say they're busy, but what do they really do? You know, we're always busy out selling our product, but we're not sure what they're doing back in the office. So this is a really great way, I think, to get different teams together and showcase and tell a story about what they do and the impact it has. And I've used this in organizations and it's been, um, it's gone down very well. People have gallery walks, they've sang about things, they've mined it, they've acted, they've just used visuals. I've also used it in a project in Haiti where had two offices, one in the capital, one in the north of the island. Um, it was a development program, it was coming to the end of the program and we sent the instructions ahead of time to the staff, flew out there and tell, told them what to do, gave them some support, came back, gave them more support online. And they actually went out and videoed the impact of their work in local communities and then shared that with each other and each different office. Because there was a bit of rivalry between each office. We weren't really sure what the others were doing and we were better than them. and So they produced some excellent video um, to tell their story about this program and the impact it had in the local communities. Okay, so first of all, you're going to talk about when we can use them as trainers, and then we're going to, we'll talk a little bit more about how you can actually use them um, where you, as you just described, where you actually get people to go away and, and tell stories themselves. So first of all, when we can use them as trainers. So we can use them in many different ways, actually. Um, You can use it as a team building session. You can use it just as a way to introduce um, a workshop or training that you're delivering. 
Um, just like I did at the beginning with the human resources story, you can just use a simple story to set it off that highlights a particular theme or moral that you're going to then pick up on later in your delivery. And you can use it to personalize a vision or ideas just to really help engage people when you're speaking. And sometimes I think people use stories without even realizing that they actually are. Sometimes when we give examples as trainers, we want to try and give examples that are really going to relate to our audience. So this is again about knowing your audience. So when you just think of even a short example, think about the impact you want to have with that example and apply the story arc to just telling that example and you have far more impact and effect than just really just describing an example that you want about anything in your delivery. So really just kind of helping any kind of communication really. Exactly or even it doesn't even have to be in a training session it could be in a meeting or if you're trying to just even um, drum up business and engage some stakeholders, just the way that you present yourself and explain who you are, you can use storytelling techniques to do that as well. Okay, and you, um, you, were, you were just talking earlier about how you've actually used it in team building sessions or in sessions where you've sent people away to write their own stories. Do you want to just talk through that quickly? Tell us how that works and um, you know what you get from that. Yes, yeah, so, so when I've used this, Previously, it's going through um, the techniques of storytelling. So it's really articulating the structure components for a good story and then identifying developing a story of a group's choosing to communicate something like impact and success, for example, and then present an engaging, compelling story to everybody else. So, it's, so, you give them, so you give them some kind of theme, like you said there about impact or success, um, telling yes. the story of our team or something like that. Yeah, so just very loosely, though, because you don't want to give them too much information. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to be their story otherwise. So it's right. just... Okay, so a fairly what, loose theme, yeah. Yeah, so it's just what is the point of this? And then go through and you can explain about why stories, where can we draw stories from, the elements of a good story, um, how to get a good story and the story structure. So talk through all of that get you know obviously asking questions and making it as interactive as possible using examples like the one I did at the beginning you could use them throughout and then you set up an activity at the end for them to do and that activity is they have to together write and perform a story yes using any resources they want and any method that they want so try and let them be as creative as possible I found that sometimes some groups have really been quite horrified at first of having to be so creative, but actually I've found once they've got into it, they've really, really quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I think to some extent with any of those kind of activities that we do in training courses, there is initially an element of horror, isn't there? <laughs> that kind of reaction to anybody having to sort of, because it is quite outside the comfort zone of normal working experience, isn't it? It is. Say to somebody here, tell a story in front of your colleagues. It is. And I've even got CEOs um, to come in and be a judge because sometimes, you know, they're busy people. They're not really always seeing what's going on in all the departments and all the teams. You know, they don't have time. So it's a good way to engage them for just, you know, 
20 minutes, half an hour of their time to come and judge something and see and see what their people are doing and give some feedback. So from that perspective, it's worked very well from the CEO's point of view, but also from the participants who have actually really appreciated that, you know, the big boss has come down and is judging this. And so they want to put on a good show as well, but also they're, they're proud. They want to showcase their story and tell them. From sort of a mechanics perspective, how much time would you have to allow to do to run the whole session, and then how long would you expect each story to be? You can do this in two hours or even an hour and a half if you if you really sort of time it right, and depending on how many people you've got. So you could do a presentation in about twenty minutes about storytelling or half an hour, and then allow up to an hour or seventy-five minutes. It just depends on you know your group to go away and and sort of come up with their story or if you're really short of time you can do like I explained I did in, in Haiti is you can send the materials ahead of time and, and talk it through virtually with people um, on I used um, Skype to do that and then you know you can give them X weeks to then go away and and work on their story as well all right, so that's quite a different approach, isn't it? It is. Yeah, because if you're doing it in just an hour, an hour and a half, actually within a team building session, it's much more about the content or the message and much less about the quality of the presentation. But I guess if you've got weeks, you're going to focus a lot as well on trying to put together something that's got a quality element to yes. it. And it's really more about the so what? What is it you're trying to say here? And getting people to use it as a communication tool when they go back into you know their daily work as well, so they yes they might have some fun hopefully along the way, but um, it's not just about oh I'm here to tell a story. You could also tag it onto the end of any or part not necessarily at the end, but any part of any training workshop. You could work this in as well as an activity, you know tying it into just your general theme that you're talking about. Before we wrap up, Sam, is there anything else you want to include? I think I've covered most of it, actually. I think you have. Have I missed anything? Do you think I've missed anything? No, I don't think so. But I didn't want to sort of prematurely... Prematurely? Shut me <laughs> prematurely, up. Prematurely. <laughs> prematurely, yeah. Say, so, thanks, Sam, bye. And you're going, hang on a minute. I've still got something to say, So, which I've done before. Okay, well, thanks very much for that, Sam. That's um, that's really interesting and really useful, how to construct a story and then how to actually use it within a sort of team-building type event. Do you want to just tell everybody who you are and who you work for? Sure. Well, thanks, first of all, John, for having me on today and let me talk about storytelling. I really, really enjoy storytelling. I think it's a fantastic tool for us to use and for anybody to use. Well, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. So I'm Head of Learning and Development for the Americas Region for the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. So I look after learning and development with a team of colleagues from Canada down to South America and across to the Caribbean, so quite a wide remit. I've been involved in learning and development for over 15 years. I started off as a French teacher in secondary school, and then I joined the Royal Air Force as a training and development officer. I spent 12 years in training and development with flying training, um, language training, working in Iraq, Afghanistan, and various other places, traveling the world. And then I came to the States 
and worked in international development, working for the United States Agency for International Development, working on training and education programs before joining the, the British Foreign Office. Well, thank you for that. And that's a very interesting CV you have there. So thanks very much for taking the time to, to talk to me on this program. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure. And I hope to see you again one day. I'll see you soon. So that was me speaking to Sam Mathis about storytelling. I hope you found it useful and interesting and it gave you some good ideas. If you do find these podcasts useful, please do support us. Please do share via social media. And really, really important, please give us a review on iTunes. It really does help. And see you next month. Oh, we've got a good one next month. It's going to be, I'm going to be speaking to Merle van der Voort about evaluation. And we haven't done anything on evaluation yet. So, And I've already recorded it, actually, so I know it's really good. Thank you.